turn around Look at what you see In her face The mirror of your dreams Make believe I'm everywhere Given in the light Written on the pages is The answer to Welcome to episode 367 of Canada's Pinball Podcast, the only pinball podcast with powder-coated armor. Hey, did you hear the news? Mr. Moberg, he's leaving Pinside. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. I mean, this is the new trend now. Are you going to start threads in which people have to announce to the entire world that they're leaving Pinside? He writes, I doubt many will care. I mean, he could have just stopped right there. We don't care. Just some random user is going to get off of Pinside. Who cares? There's like 50,000 people that are registered on Pinside. Uh, and he says, like, instead of just ghosting like Vid1900, I'm going to explain why I'm leaving. First of all, Vid1900 is still on Pinside under different alias names. So I love it when they went on a witch hunt to get all of Canada's like aliases off of Pinside. I'm not on there. I haven't been on in a while. But I just, I saw this and I couldn't help but laugh that some random nobody is is basically making a thread about leaving Pinside. And now it has spawned new threads in which people are saying, hey, I'm staying on Pinside. It's just funny. Couldn't, couldn't help but chuckle at that. All right, so here's what we're going to do. It's going to be a great episode. We're going to go down the list of manufacturers, and we're going to do what we do best. Now, I actually do have some news for you guys that I think you're going to find interesting in the world of Jersey Jack Pinball. Uh, I'm going to read some of the commentary that was that was happening on my last podcast around uh, Derek's assessment of his Willy Wonka game. There was some back and forth there I want to read. But let's just go down the list of manufacturers and do what Canada Pinball Podcast does best and just jump right into it. All right. So American Pinball. What is the status of American Pinball and how well is Oktoberfest selling? Now, look, it is all speculation. We don't know how well these games sell. But I'll tell you this. There is a good place to go uh, that is a good indicator of how popular or not popular a game is doing. And I think Pinside actually provides data and insight into a game's popularity. And by that, I mean how popular is the club thread on the game, right, compared to another game? And how much conversation and how many unboxings are we seeing of a particular title? So I want to show you some information that I think is really a telltale sign of how well Oktoberfest is selling. The Oktoberfest club thread which was started a few months ago, has 43 total posts in it, okay? So 43 just posts. The Willy Wonka Club thread, which was started at a similar time, has 743 posts in it, okay? 700 more uh, uh, comments have been put into the Willy Wonka Club thread. I love the Oktoberfest thread because Iceman chimes in and he's like, guys, come on, post pics of your unboxings. And that was like a week ago. And there's maybe one or two 
unboxings that have taken place uh, where Willy Wonka, there will be hundreds of unboxings of Willy Wonka, if not a few thousand a year from now. So it pretty much shows that there's very little, very little activity happening in the American pinball thread. And I think it's safe to say that this is not an assessment of whether or not Oktoberfest is a fun game or not, but it's like we've said from the from the very beginning. I just don't think people are going to buy this game. I think it's a game people are going to play on location, people will have fun with, but the desire to own it is not going to be there. It is just not going to happen. And I, I've said this, and I, again, I offer an olive branch, normal, davel. Hit me up, canadapinball at gmail.com. You know, uh, normal hit me up about six months ago, maybe a year ago, and said, I'd love to talk to you, Canada, about marketing and what we do and what our strategy is. And then I followed up with him, and then I never heard from him again. And so I think what happened was he heard some of my disparaging remarks and my criticisms or critiques of Oktoberfest and decided, you know what? We'll just we'll just do it ourselves. And this is the problem. They're gonna spend all this money. They're gonna move into this big factory if they don't nail the themes, it's going to be the same thing all over again. Crickets. Crickets. I mean, imagine this. Just imagine this scenario. Our next game is Sherlock Holmes versus like Jurassic World Elvira 3 versus uh, maybe Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles versus Guns N' Roses versus something that Deep Root has out there versus Cactus Canyon, right? It's just going to be crickets again. I think they're going to, I really hope they, they, they understand that they're going to need to get the better themes if they want to get the sales going. And it doesn't matter if you throw everything in the kitchen sink in terms of mechs into the game. Something's not clicking and making people say, I need to buy these games. So we'll see what happens. Uh, their next title is going to be interesting because if it's the same exact team that made Oktoberfest, what differences will we see moving forward? I just really hope they get the overall presentation better. All right, Chicago Gaming Company. People are still waiting on their Monster Bash LEs, but they're arriving. I think I saw like game number like 1127, right? Sounds really limited. Hey, I got number 1127 of the limited edition of Monster Bash, but they're arriving. Uh, people are enjoying the game. Uh, I think the overall package, if you've stood over a Monster Bash remake LE, it, it is beautiful. I mean, there is no denying that this game is a phenomenal, phenomenal looking game. And look, their next game is Cactus Canyon. It's happening. It's Cactus Canyon. It's not going to be anything other than Cactus Canyon, which is why if you go on eBay, there's a Cactus Canyon for sale in very nice condition for $21,000, right? If you buy that Cactus Canyon, for $21,000, you need to have your head examined. Here's why. You will be able to buy a better version of the game with improved dots. They probably will have better sculpts in the game. They will make improvements to the game, and it will cost you, what, roughly like $8,000, $9,000 at most, versus $21,000. See, I am glad I'm glad that we are no longer stuck in a period in which the only way to experience some of these cool games from yesteryears uh, won't cost you an arm and a leg. $21,000 for a pinball machine that we all know is about to be remade. So that person is just hoping 
some ignorant fool comes onto eBay and buys it. The other thing, if you go on eBay and you just search for high price of pinball, what game are you seeing so many of that's kind of embarrassing? Beatles, Diamond Edition Beatles, left and right. They're not selling. These clowns need to stop asking 25, 24, 28, $29,000 for it. I just played a Beatles yesterday, and I have to tell you, it's a fun pin. It's a fun pin. It's the world's greatest $5,000 pinball experience you can play. At $25,000, at $12,000, at $8,000 or $9,000, it's a joke. It's a total joke. There's nothing in it. There's nothing in the game. It's a hell of a fun experience, but don't tell me that that fun equals the value you get for like 25 grand. They're just sitting there. They're sitting there. It's like the Supreme Games. There's one for like $80,000. My God, $80,000 for a Supreme pinball machine. You could go buy a brand new Shelby GT500 Mustang for $74,000. And my God, I'll tell you which one's more fun, all right? Okay, what else is happening in the pinball world? Stern pinball. All right, so here's the deal. I have pretty much all but confirmation that the next Stern Pinball Machine will be a Keith Elwin game, okay? Keith Elwin's next game, his follow-up to Iron Maiden, which, you know, for all intents and purposes, was a successful game for Stern. Uh, I I played an Iron Maiden yesterday, uh, unique layout, fun game. Uh, I think a lot of us are wondering what will Keith Elwin's sophomoric game be and what will the design be like, what will the mechs be like, But it's exciting because I think Keith does approach pinball differently than the cookie-cutter design approach with with a lot of Stern games. Now, we all know that Iron Maiden was not originally designed to be Iron Maiden. It was Archer. And so we know that Keith built that game in in his basement, basically, and it was a labor of love. Will, working within the Stern system now, allow him the same freedom that he had when he made Iron Maiden. Now, my criticism of Iron Maiden's always been the same thing. Well, first, I just don't like the music, so it's very subjective. I've also felt like that game just lacks toys. Like, it just does. You play an Iron Maiden, and you're like, all right, like, you know, the Zombie Yeti art is cool. The layout is really unique. The shots are really fun. But then when you look at the toys in the game, it's just very, like, eh, lackluster, mediocre. I think that center ramp to me is the biggest like fail. It's like the ball goes up the ramp, it hits the target, but it it just needed something more. It needed like a magnet to grab the ball when it hits that target and hold the ball frozen in midair. And then, you know, you get another ball and you have to knock the ball off. Something interesting. It looks like, it looks like that shot is going to be something magical. And it's just like, it's just like throwing a tennis ball against the wall and watching it fall down and being like, oh, okay, I guess that's it, and that is it. Okay, so the question then becomes, is Keith Elwin's game going to be Jurassic World? Is it going to be something else? Is it maybe Godzilla? I don't know. Stern has done a great job, a great job at preventing any leaks from happening. I have No one has shared anything. No, I don't think people are passing photos around. I think they've done a good job keeping this under wraps. Uh, the game will be revealed... Uh, end of July, early August. So will it be revealed at Comic-Con? That is my guess, is that there will be, you know, the typical Stern launch. I mean, it is the most obvious way they launch every single game. It's like, let's have IGN do a story on the game, and then let's take it to a place where most people there don't care at all about pinball, and that's how we reveal our games to the world. I mean, it doesn't really matter, because they know that all of you who follow pinball 
We'll talk about it. That's the easiest place for them to launch it. You know, they're trying to expand the audience. I get it. Uh, but if you're going to launch a game at Comic-Con, you would think that the game would have some relevance to the Comic-Con audience. Like, it would make sense to launch Star Wars there, or Guardians of the Galaxy, or Deadpool. But does it make sense to launch Jurassic World at Comic-Con? See, I think Jurassic World is a pretty bad theme. I don't think the movies were that great. I think the first one was okay. But I don't think they're going to get the voice actors and Chris Pratt. And it's going to be more of like Guardians again with like voice actors like pretending to be the actors from the movie. Uh, I also just don't know why we're going back to a, a theme that's old. Like the movies are old now. I mean, Jurassic World 1 and 2 have come out. Uh, the second one was so bad. And I don't, I don't see a third one coming out anytime soon. And I just think there's so many better properties to make a pinball machine on. Uh, but... You know, that Jurassic Park theme song kicks in in an arcade setting and all of a sudden it's going to pull people in. It, it will. Now, who's who's coding this game? Is it going to be uh, Rick uh, Nigel? Is that how he said his last name? Who He did the code for Iron Maiden. Is he going to partner up again uh, with Keith Elwin? Or is it going to be like Mike and is it Tanyo? Tan Tanyo? I, sorry, guys, if I'm butchering these names. But the guys who did Deadpool... Are they going to help code the game? It's not going to be Dwight because he just did Munsters. Uh, it's not going to be Lyman Sheets because he's doing Elvira 3. So I think it's going to be one of the newer uh, Stern uh, coders or software engineers working on this game. It probably won't be Tim Sexton because he just did Black Knight. So it seems to be it would be Rick, Mike, or, or Tanya. I, I hope I'm saying that right. People are emailing me and say, you know, you got it all wrong. Okay, so we'll see. We've got about a month to go before Stern enters the fold and, and, and gives us something new to talk about. Exciting times because I do think, you know, I played Munsters again yesterday and I will say like, eh, you know, I, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it in that game. I, I just don't understand. Uh, the game seems very, very shallow to me, but maybe, maybe people are seeing more than I see in the game. All right. You know, I, I was playing yesterday with Serge. Uh, he's a friend of mine, a local guy, and we were playing. We went to Modern Pinball. To play for a day and I have to say this you know modern pinball it's interesting now their model their business model is just to start playing and getting in the door now it's it's you get a it's a one-time fee and you can play all day long but it's like $27 to pay to get in just to play pinball and it used to be more like an hourly basis but man it's expensive two people to play pinball is $54 and that doesn't come with any drinks there's no music going. The pin volumes are not even that loud. Ugh, it hurt. It hurt. It hurt the wallet. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be a sustainable business model. All right, let's talk about the topper troubles at Stern Pinball. Now, there's not really troubles, uh, but it is hard for people to find toppers that they want. If you want a Ghostbusters or Kiss topper, good luck. You're going to be putting up wanted ads on pin side and end up paying way more than those things were when they were new. I think Stern has stopped making either one of those. So what does that mean? Does that mean Stern should start vault additioning the toppers to the games? Maybe they should. And they could probably make a limited rerun of those toppers and charge even more. Where is the Star Wars topper? I don't think why don't they just come out and say it's never happening? Can they just do that? It's never happening. All right. What's happening in the world of spooky? All right, Spooky Pinball, Alice Cooper, Nightmare Castle continues to be streamed and people are having fun with the game. There is one issue that I wanted to talk about. Uh, I haven't experienced this, but I was just reading in the thread that 
the, there's a monster issue in which the ball, this is crazy, the ball will fall below the play field and into the cabinet. Now, I think that's happening in an, in an area of the play field where like, there's the monster mech. That's crazy. I've never seen that before where a ball can actually fall into the cabinet of the game, requiring the player to lift the play field to, to retrieve the ball. So I think people are wondering, can that be fixed with software? Or is that a physical problem with the design of the game that they will have to address? But that's really the only issue I've seen on this game. Um, there was an interesting question posed in the Alice Cooper Nightmare Castle thread, and that was, does Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle have the best upper playfield of all time? What do you think? The best upper playfield of all time. Now, now look. I think a lot of games that have upper playfields, the upper playfield experience is pretty bad. Uh, usually, upper playfields slow down the play of the game, and usually, what's up there is not very, uh, you know, exciting. It, 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 it sort of, you know, again, like it, it just takes away from the flow of the game. But when an upper playfield is done well, I do think it adds another uh, dynamic level to the gameplay. And there are some amazing upper playfield experiences. Let's let's not fool ourselves. And I also think that when you have an upper playfield, it visually is very attractive to walk up to a game where you see an upper playfield because you know on a very simple level you just you you want to get up there. You want to get up and see what it's like to flip uh, the game on a different level. So does Alice Cooper have the best upper playfield of all time? Um, I would say. Probably not, but let's list some upper playfields and then give our assessment of what we think the best is. The one I see time and time again is the Simpsons Pinball Party. I think people love that upper playfield. I think locking the ball uh, up there is awesome. The couch shot is awesome. Uh, so you know, getting up there through the garage door is awesome. Lots of lots of love for the Simpsons Pinball Party upper playfield. Uh, you know, the World Poker Tournament upper playfield. You know, that has three stand-ups, one lock, you know, one for exit hurry up, one for the skill shot, and there's two ways to get up there. So a lot of people think that is an awesome upper play field. Uh, Twilight Zone, obviously Twilight Zone, we have to talk about that upper play field. You've got, you've got the magnetic, you know, sort of ball control, flipping power with the magnets is really cool. The shadow upper play field is awesome. This one is just like another level of upper play field, Bonsai Run, right? That's, that's an upper play field. The entire back box is an upper play field. Uh, Whitewater's upper play field is really, really cool. I mean, it's small, but it's fast, and it feeds four different ramps, right? How cool is that? I mean, I love Whitewater. As in general, Whitewater is one of the greatest World Under Glass games ever. I would love for someone like Lyman Sheets to get his hands and, and do a code for a game like that and give that kind of game even more depth because it's so awesome, right? What about the Big Lebowski? Is it is it too painful to talk about that upper play field in which you bash the wall or and the car comes out and you, you bash the car? Is that is it is it too painful? It might be. Family Guy, what about the Stewie's like pinball, mini pinball game? Pretty cool, right? Um, but I will have to say, you know, there's a lot of cool ones. People mentioned Wizard of Oz. If you were to ask me, you know, in 2019, the coolest upper play field, though, just, just, and again, I, it's one of the newer ones, but I do think that the coolest upper play field I, I've seen 
is the Pirates of the Caribbean rocking ship in Jersey Jack Pinball's Pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, that that upper playfield is, is just kind of incredible. It's it's just so visually awesome to look at. It's got a cannon shot, which is awesome. It rocks back and forth. It's just super cool. I, I haven't seen an upper playfield that uh, amazing in, in, in any other game. I mean, the other ones are neat, but that one is just something very special. I mean, it rocks back and forth um, like a ship. Really cool. All right, let's talk about Jersey Jack Pinball. Because there is some news in the Jersey Jack world I want to break for you guys. And so this this news again, where does this news come from? I'll tell you where this news comes from. This comes from people talk to Jack at shows and Jack tells people stuff. And so then those people tell me. Now, I don't have the source for you, but I have the information you're going to want to know about. So here's the news. When Jack said on the Flippin' Out stream last week, that they are going to reveal another game before the year is over. Uh, I don't think he's lying. I think that is going to be the case. But here are the details on that. And you can take this to Pinside, other pinball podcasters. You are free to use this information. Guns N' Roses is coming out. It will be revealed in December. And it will ship to customers starting in January. So there you have it. There will not be Guns N' Roses at Expo. There will not be Guns N' Roses in October and November. But December, we will see Guns N' Roses revealed. I think that's a smart move to wait until then. I think that gives them many, many months in which to sell Willy Wonka's and keep the spotlight on Willy Wonka. All right, so that that's, that's what's going to happen. Guns N' Roses in December. Now, Jersey Jack has still made a mistake. We should not know about Guns N' Roses. We shouldn't know about it. We should not know about Toy Story. Knowing this information does significantly hurt them. It doesn't help them sell more Willy Wonkas. It hurts them sell more, more Willy Wonkas. Even Jack saying, we, we might remake Pirates, right? What's the letter after QR? Like, even him saying that, it just makes no sense. Like, keep the focus on the game that's available. Only hype and get people excited about the stuff they can buy now. I wouldn't even talk about Guns N' Roses at shows, but Jack does. And here's the other thing he said. And this is, again, this is coming right from Jack's mouth into a customer's ears onto the airwaves now. And now it's out there. So Jack really wanted a song in Guns N' Roses' Pinball Machine. And that song is Live and Let Die. Okay? Now, to get Live and Let Die... Jack was working with Paul McCartney and trying to figure out how, you know, how much it would be to work with the Paul McCartney estate to get Live and Let Die. And he wasn't having any success at all getting the song, okay, because it's expensive. But the good news for Jack is this, and this is the good news for all of us, is that someone who goes by the name of Slash is working with Jersey Jack Pinball on this game. And Slash is a big pinball fan. We know this. Uh, and so Slash calls up Paul McCartney, and then all of a sudden, Live and Let Die is going to be in the game. And they got the rights to it. And that's amazing. And I think this game is going to have a level of integration and support from Guns N' Roses uh, that is going to make it truly special. You know, even having personalized callouts from Slash is going to be awesome. I don't think Axel will contribute anything to this pin. No. I doubt they won't get Axel to do anything, but that's okay. We get Slash, you know, the, the, the other huge member of Guns N' Roses. Maybe Duff will do something with the, with the game as well. Okay, 
So there you have it. Now, speaking of Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, there are some amazing mods out there. If you have this game, if you're one of the lucky 1,000, I am surprised at the sheer volume of mods that are being made for a game in which there are very few owners, right? If you make a mod and you spend hours making a mod for this game, you've only got a thousand people that are potential buyers. But I'll say this, the mods that are being made, everyone's gonna buy, everyone. So, and, and there's this guy out there, I need to give him a shout out. He goes by Harry Houdini on Pinside. And he's making some of the coolest mods. I mean, he's making this star map mod that creates the starry night that goes across the entire back of the game. It, it, it looks incredible. He's working on the opening and closing of the treasure chest, which now has two different versions of that mod that work. Super awesome. Uh, he has apron decals that are highly improved over the ones that Jack shipped with the game. He's now working on a whirlpool, you know, the maelstrom, on a lighting effect for that that makes it the lights go up and down as if it's like flowing water. I mean, it's it's kind of incredible. The, the, the mod community's support for Pirates of the Caribbean. Super, super cool game if you're into modding. I mean, the, the world keeps popping more and more with what these guys are doing in the game. All right, speaking of Jersey Jack 2, and then I want to move on. Uh, to Wonka is, there is a Hobbit for sale, a Hobbit standard for $5,700, right? That's insane. Like, go somebody go buy this game. If you search for games for sale, Hobbit standard, $57.99 is the price. Wow. Cheaper than, see, that's the thing. It's like, there's more, I see so many dialed in LEs now for $7,500. Like, that's incredible. You know, we talk about how Willy Wonka standard edition is $7,500, but let's be honest. You can go get every single LE of Wizard of Oz and dialed in now for $7,500. It's a buyer's market, and that's a good time to be in pinball. All right. So, Willy Wonka. They're going to stream this game a lot. Let me go, let me go first and read this commentary that I that I saw on my on my SoundCloud page. So someone wrote a comment uh, in response to Derek's streaming of Willy Wonka and Derek's conversation on the show about Willy Wonka. And I want to read what he wrote. He said, "Sorry, Chris. This is from Stetson. Sorry, Chris, but this guy Derek. He spelled his name Derek. Derek sounds like a complete shill for Jersey Jack Pinball. He's a fanboy." If there ever was one, it's hard to take what he says because he slurps anything JJP. He did the same thing for Pirates of the Caribbean. It's like an interview with Ronald McDonald about how good is a Big Mac. His review is not one that gives us real perspective since it obviously, uh, Willy Wonka does no wrong review. Does he work for JJP? Incredible. He would buy anything JJP and will report it's the greatest, even with all the real-world problems and issues. Okay, so here's, here's, here's Derek's response to that. He says, hey, Stetson, thanks for your thoughts. I'm going to have to go ahead and disagree with you here. First, I don't work for JJP. Uh, you know, So absolutely, seven months later, my wife and I still play Pirates of the Caribbean daily, and that's not an exaggeration. Ask any other Pirates of the Caribbean owner how they feel about the machine. It's just a great game, full stop. As for Wonka, this game you have, um, this is the game you have got to spend time on to appreciate. There is a learning curve and it takes time to overcome. All right, they go back and forth on it. So, okay. And then Stetson says, Willy Wonka is missing so much from the movie asset wise, it is a deal breaker. If it had the feeling of playing the beloved movie, 
with the actual music and not the redone music album mess that there is now, I'd feel differently. Pat's geometry is stellar for sure, but not enough to make up for all the other misgivings of Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka is no Pirates of the Caribbean and not even close. In fact, it would rank at the bottom of all five offerings from Jersey Jack Pinball. Chris said it was reported to him that Willy Wonka is Dunnish, so there appears no hope for this title. All right, so here's the thing. Here's the thing, and 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 I said in my last podcast that there is a glimmer of hope in which Joe Katz will listen to what we're saying, and Jersey Jack Pinball will listen to what we're saying. Why can we have Willy Wonka give us the kind of clip we want in the in the Wonka Vader? A scene, but not in any other clips in the game. Why is there no audio with video synced up? I, and again, I know I, I beat on this drum. I know I harp on this issue. And I'll tell you why, because I want them to fix this. And if we see it in one scene of, of the game, why can't we see it in other scenes of the game? And I do agree. I will always agree that fans of Willy Wonka will walk away from the way this game has been integrated theme-wise. They will walk away disappointed. I, I, there, there is no way that I can look at this game and say that was the best way to approach the code of Willy Wonka. There's no way. There's no way. This, this, this was not the best way to approach it. And you know, the thing that when Derek talks about the game, and this, this, this is just how I feel when he talks about it. There should not be, and let me let me say this slowly. There should not be a significant learning curve in how to appreciate a Willy Wonka pinball machine. That, to me, that is just ridiculous. When he talked about, there's like, you know, it's learned, it's like learned intuitiveness to the game. Like you have to like spend time with it to understand the intuitive nature of the game. That That's the complete opposite of what an intuitive experience is, right? A pinball machine that's intuitive doesn't require a steep learning curve. You walk up to a Tales of the Arabian Nights and I just shoot the genie and something happens, right? I shoot Sparky and Metallica, something happens. You know, I shoot Slimer, something happens. There, there should not be a learned intuitive curve to a game. It makes no sense. And and again, it, what makes no sense to me on this game in, the, in that approach is the whole point of this game was to make a game for location play in which people would have immediate fun and, and and know what to do without knowing what to do because it was just intuitive. And now we're hearing like, actually, it's a lot more complex to that than that if you want to understand how to play the game. And then I'm like, oh my God, like once again, as Jersey Jack, like really made it difficult to figure out like how to jump in and enjoy a game. You know, and I, I do, I compare a lot to Batman. It's a magical game. It's so easy to understand and explain to people what to do in the game. And is Willy Wonka going to be that easy? I don't know. I don't know. But I just hope they listen and I hope they fix the code because it needs fixing. I, I it, When they say it's done, it, if this is done done, then I don't think people are going to be that happy with, with the way the code is. I don't. And I think Joe Katz and Jack and company need to need to address some things. And I think they can, right? So speaking of that, here's where you should go. Here's where you should go tomorrow night. If you want to talk to the very man who coded this game, there is a stream happening tomorrow night on Flippin' Out's Twitch stream. And now this is the greatest, I think, night you can have with pinball fans. And and the fact that Zach and and Ken and Bill and you know the special one lit guys, they're going to have here's who they're gonna have Joe Katz. 
who is the Willy Wonka lead programmer. And they're going to have Keith Johnson and Eric as well. They're going to have Jersey Jacks like Triumvirate streaming Willy Wonka tomorrow night on their Twitch channel. Now, if you're trying to find out how to get to this, just go to twitch.tv backslash flip the, the letter N and then out pinball. Flip N out pinball. It's taking place tomorrow at 8 o'clock Central Time. No, sorry. I think it's 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, 7 Central Time, okay? Now, look, they're also going to have... That you know they do the stream and then they have the channel of chatting going on, so you can ask them questions. and And believe me, I've been, I, I was there last week. It's so much fun, and and they do. They get to every question that people are asking in the chat. There's nowhere to hide, because then after they do the stream, there's a call in segment, so you can call in live, and these gentlemen will be there, and they they have to address your question. So I would join that if you can. And ask them, like, what's the status of the game? Now, now that we've seen the Wonkavator clip, I want to know. That's my one question for Joe Katz, and I will ask it on month, tomorrow night. Joe, can you do more of this in the game? Can you add all of those scenes that we seen that, see that are in the game without voice? Can you add the voice? That like, Why can't they just answer that simple question? We still don't get a direct answer when we ask that. And I don't know. I told Ken. At, at special one lit, I'm like Ken, like ask the question, and he asks it of Jack, but you can't ask it in a roundabout way. You can't because if you just ask, like, are we going to see more asset integration? You know, you just get this broad answer, like, you know, you know, we have we ever shipped a game that's fully done when it ships? Like, more is to come. I don't want that kind of like broadness. I want very specific question. Will we get more scenes like the Wonkavator coded into the game? Yes or no? Yes or no? These muted scenes, will they have voice? I know I'm getting repetitive here because I'm trying to drill it into everyone's heads. That's what we need to ask Jersey Jack. We need to pressure them to put this in the game. They're listening to us. This game needs that. I'm telling you, it needs it. I'm not buying it that it's that the way the game is now is like the way it should be. No, it needs that in the game. All right. Okay. Gosh, I'm getting heated here. Getting heated here. Um, there was a question that was, will Jersey Jack Pinball survive 2020? Did you see this question? These questions are stupid. <laughs> I see these go up on pin side. Will they survive 2020? Look, Jack's got three juggernaut themes, Willy Wonka, Toy Story, and Guns N' Roses. And I've always said it. If they if they just don't mess up the games, these themes are, are hugely popular themes. Uh, I, I see a lot of back and forth with the Guns N' Roses popularity. It's popular. They are popular. They're going to sell a lot of Guns N' Roses. I will say there is criticism that Jersey Jack is not making original titles with games like The Hobbit, which is Jack trying to make a better version of Lord of the Rings, and Guns N' Roses, a game that's already been out. Because if you think about it, we've never seen, I don't think we've seen two other than Kiss, right? We haven't really seen anyone go back and make another band you know, a game, another band game that's already been done before. So this is like the second Guns N' Roses pin. Uh, I think it's an honor to be Guns N' Roses to have that. But, you know, is Jack going back to a well that's already been satiated and that there already is a great Guns N' Roses pinball machine and we don't need another one? 
So I, I, you know, I understand that criticism, like do something original, but it is what it is. Like if they have a relationship with Slash and they can do this game the right way and Eric's going to, you know, put a lot of awesome stuff into it. The challenge I think for Eric is simply the, the GNR ramps from the original game are so awesome that how do you like top that? Uh, I'm curious to see what they do. All right. All right, so what else is uh, going on in the pinball world? I think that's kind of it for episode 367 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. Um, I hope you guys all had a great 4th of July weekend. Uh, and look, look, we, we are waiting to see what comes from Stern. We are waiting to see what comes from Deep Root. You know, again, the Deep Root thread, it, it just won't stop. It, 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 if you're on pin side, the, the back and forth on the Deep Root thread is just, it's really interesting to me because... Um, you know, to get back to the the beginning joke I had on this show, and that was that this guy that is really no, you know, just some nobody random dude, you know, Mister Moberg is leaving Pinside, you know, and he gives his reasons why he's leaving, and it's it's a combination of you know someone in the family's not feeling well. He got into a dramatic back and forth with someone on Pinside that upset him, and you know, I think people need to realize this and and this is just the reality of all internet forums they are what you make them okay pinside is what you make it you can go looking for the drama you can go and create drama or you could go there and you know use it for uh, good reasons and you could go there for the good stuff and you could also control the amount of time you spend on it because only the people that spend too much time on Pinside have to create threads in which they dramatically announce they're leaving. You know, you get addicted to it. And and we all know too, though, he'll be back because the whole reason of creating a thread like that is to go back on and read what people's comments are about your exit. And I think he'll read that people don't give a damn that he's leaving. Who cares? You know, and I think the best way to do it is if people upset you on there, just drain them. You don't have to listen to them. If threads are annoying you, just drain them. Pinside has provided all the tools necessary to sort of block out the people that you can't stand. So just do that. But it never ceases to amaze me that people fall victim and have to engage the people they can't stand. And, and you know, it's, so it takes two to tango on there. So you know, Pinside is a great resource. Let's not fool ourselves. It, it creates a, a great uh, depository uh, where all the information and troubleshooting and mods and all these great things are being discussed. And the club threads are all awesome and the unboxing threads are awesome. Uh, I do wish they would moderate a little bit more and condense some of the threads so there's not so many. Like, we, you shouldn't allow... Like, if, if, if some clown puts up a thread that's like, I'm leaving Pinside, and he's a nobody, just del- they should just delete that. Why does some nobody get to put up this explanation of why he's leaving? All right? It's stupid. It's stupid. Uh, you know, it's because co- you know, because you want the threads to be somewhat, like, newsworthy and, and interesting and, and have some reason for being. All right? But anyway, look, it's a free world. You can do what you want. No one really cares. That's the ultimate thing. Nobody cares. Like, nobody cares. If Vid's gone, if I'm gone, if you're gone, it's all a bunch of nonsense. Online forums are dumpster fires for the most part. Nobody cares. We're all just there to get a good laugh, to get some entertainment. If anyone takes this too seriously, if you burn out on pinball, 
you you did something wrong. Like whether you're a pinball podcaster or whether you're a forum user or whether you're a player, if you get to the point where you can't stand it anymore, where you got to like completely extract it from your life, you went overboard. Create balance, people. Balance. All right. Work. And again, I'll say this work out, eat healthy. So much more important than any of this pinball garbage. It is. And I'm going to call it garbage. Health is so much more important than all this stuff. You know, we should have a thread on Pinside, a before and after thread. 90 days. You do P90X for 90 days and you eat healthy. There should be a thread that's like, you know, I worked out and I transformed my life. And then you'll, you'll be a better pinball player. I'm sure your reaction time will improve. Anyway, I'm not going to get too preachy. Everyone, have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. This has been episode 367 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I'm out. Save the world. Gosh, I miss you, Dusty Bun. And I miss you more, Susie Poo. I miss you more multiplied by all the stars in our galaxy. No, I miss you. Enough!